have something we'll read in a minute. It, uh, this has been a great revival. I mean, it, it just, uh, thank you. I have really enjoyed myself. I've enjoyed it. We even have a wonderful crowd tonight. Praise the Lord. This is Sunday night. Most churches close on Sunday night. And I'm thankful that you're here. I was <laughs> I was telling somebody uh, a while ago that uh, after we left at lunchtime and, and went home, I, I knew that I had to go and study and prepare for tonight and write a sermon for tonight. And I did that, and I went into the computer room, and I was there typing away, and before I knew it, I was sound asleep. My finger's still on the keyboard. It, uh, it's just not a. It falls exactly into what we have been learning all week long, and it's about when we put our trust in God, God takes care of us. He doesn't want you to fight your battles alone, He doesn't want you to face your obstacles and your mountains by yourself. He has promised you that he will never leave you nor will ever forsake you. And I'm sure that every one of you in here have gone through a storm and might be going through one this evening and today, this week. I'm telling you right now that God is there by your side. And I told you my story when, when I went into my state of depression after Alice died. Even though I left God, God had never left me because of his promise. I'll never leave you. I'll always be there for you. And guess what? Like I said this morning, when I, when I turned back to him and put my hand back in his, he was right where I left him. Never left. This song that I'm going to sing, I'm, I've, I've got, I have about 15 songs I want to sing before I preach, but uh, <laughs> I love your expression. <laughs> uh, I haven't sung this song, and I, I can't even remember when. About three years ago, right? At least last year in Ingram. See, I. Empty and broken I came back to you Vessel and worthy So scores of sin But he did not despair He started over again I bless the day he didn't throw the clay away. Somebody say amen to that. Over and over. 
next song is uh, is my grandfather's favorite song that he I heard him sing it over and over again when he's working in the yard and whenever he is at the church and I I, I would be there and help him there and he'd be in the uh, in the sanctuary or he'd be in the classroom singing and doing something and he would sing this song at the top of his lungs and it's a song that we can sing only if we have been born again. Because that's the only way that we can have assurance that we know that one day that when we pass from death into life that we will be, we have the assurance that we will be with God. And it's an old song and on the, cor- on the first chorus, because the second chorus is different, but on the first chorus I want you to sing it with me and sing it like you mean it. And you'll know the song in just a minute. But I want you to sing it out. I love singing this song. It means a lot to me. Oh, 
I'm a blessed man. Hallelujah. Oh, watching and waiting, looking above. I feel with God's goodness because I'm lost in God's Oh! 
12 months since I sang that one too. That was God. Thank you, Jessica. A good friend of all of ours has uh, allowed Erica and I to go to different places. Now, I brag about Scotty and Blanca almost every place that I go now. We have a busy schedule. They have an unreal schedule. Uh, about, what, 26 to 28 things a, a month? Different places that they go. That's their ministry. And the thing, the places that they go are the VA homes, nursing homes, nursing centers, hospitals, bringing the Word of God. And they, they do, they do what does it call you? you Odie the Goodie. And they do, they do, they do the 50s and 60s songs, you know, for all those old people and people that know those songs. But then at the end of their their concerts, they do gospel. And we get to tag along, and I get to do the gospel part of, of their shows every now and then. But he always closes with the next song. Always. And this is, this is my testimony song. You know, in 2005, y'all know that I went through a bad stroke and, and cancer surgery and, and went through a heart attack all in nine months. Then in 2013, I lost Alice. Regardless of the storm, I said regardless of the storm, the anchor holds. You hear me? It makes no difference of what you're going through. It makes no difference of the storm. And this, this happens to, when I, when I wrote this sermon this afternoon, I had this song in mind. God will never fail you. Are you listening to me tonight? I said, God will never fail you. Ever. And you need to count on that. Come on up, Scotty. And you need to count on that. And we close. He's allowed me to sing with him. And when he closes this story, he says, well, you know, let's do this during the revival. That's a good idea. I love this song because it is my testimony song. It, 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 through the rages of my life, God was there. And I'm going to tell you, one of the scriptures that I, I'll be reading tonight is, is the same scripture that, that God told me. On, because when I had the stroke, I, it was on a Sunday morning. I was getting ready to sing at a church and had the stroke. And... and when I finally just was able to, to, to pray and to talk to God, it was on a Wednesday, and that happened on a Sunday morning. It was on a Wednesday early in the morning. 
I was laying there and I was crying because I, you know, I, my, my, my son and, and one of my daughters were, came in from Tennessee. Alice was there. And, the, and the, my son and daughter were sleeping in a chair and I, I was laying there crying. I, it's not that I question God because I don't question God. Because he has promised me that in Romans eight twenty eight that all things work together for good. It's going to be everything's going to be fine. It's going to work out. How I don't know. How he does it, I have no idea. I'm not God, but I do have his promises. I can stand. I can stand on his word because his word is forever. It's already established forever. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. And I was laying there crying, and the presence of God came in that room. And he says, just as I've spoken before, he says, my grace is sufficient. You need to remember that. God's grace is always Sufficient. But I 
Father, I thank you. Maybe I'm, I'm more than anybody else, Lord, because I know that all the things that you have allowed me to go through, you have always walked by my side. And most of the time, Father, I'm so unworthy. 
But I thank you. I know whatever you allow me to go through, Lord, that I don't have to worry and I don't have to fear. You have promised to always be there. I know there's times that I know that I don't understand, but I have learned not to question. Because you told me a long time ago that your grace is sufficient. Father, I pray that you would anoint this, your servant. Father, anoint the ears of those that are here this evening. And let them receive this word, Father, that you have helped me put together. Because I believe that it's a word, Father, directly from you. Just help me to deliver as though you would have me delivered. That they can understand that they don't walk alone. I thank you, Father, for this opportunity that you have given this, your servant. I thank you, Father, for this the wonderful services that we have had since Friday night. Father, it's been a grand and it's been a glorious time. And, Father, I thank you for all that have come to each service. Father, it's been wonderful. Even tonight, Sunday night. Be with us, Father. You said in your word that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are in the midst. Father, we welcome you here. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You got me muted, did he? Yep, he did. Before I get into my sermon, I have a lot of notes in this little pad here. And I came across something. You know, and it's not just Baptist. It's all churches. How excited would you be If Jesus' physical body would come and walk down this aisle and sit in, these, how, sit in one of these chairs, how excited would you be? I'm saying, if I, you know, everybody's smiling, yeah. I, but, but guess what? He's here. When you get to glory... Those that are born again. When you get to glory, how excited are you going to be? Will you sit there when, when, when you hear a wonderful tune that is going through the air? Or you just sit there and just absorb it? Or would you actually praise God? What would you do? 
Would you sit there with that very solemn face? Or would there be a smile and would you be glorifying God? Would you? Then why don't you get into practice? How many say, I had the joy of the Lord in my heart? Raise your hand. Some of you need to notify your face. I found this. Isn't it strange? And I get to my son. We have we still have an hour. And my sermon, believe me, I when you fall asleep writing a sermon, it doesn't get very long. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I, for y'all that don't know, the, the couple that was here Sunday, uh, was Sunday night, Sunday night, Friday, was it Friday? This past Friday, yeah, Friday. Today is Sunday. It's Sunday already? Oh. There's Friday night. There's Friday. You came here Friday. Jim and Catherine. Y'all remember Jim and Catherine? They come. Anyway, they had been here since last Sunday, right? That's Friday. That's Friday. I lost two days somewhere. Anyway, they recorded their album. Now, recording an album as an engineer and producer, you have to focus on what you're doing. I mean, completely. Well, I also, after I finished them during the afternoon, I, I, I would went, I'd, I'd go and study. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and study. I'd get up the next morning and record them and went for the finished recording. Then I had to do all the editing. That's a lot of work. And then Friday, we start the revival. Well, I'm, I'm studying and, and editing and recording and do, since last Friday. I'm tired. <laughs> I said to somebody a while ago, she said, well, you don't act tired when you get up there and preach. <laughs> that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> As, you ought to see me when I, when I got home. I sit in my chair and I go, I crash. Isn't it strange? Isn't it strange how a $20 bill seems like so large amount when you give it to the church, but such a small amount when you go shopping. Isn't it strange how two hours seems like such a long time when you are, are at church and have to sit there, but how short it seems when you're watching a good movie? Isn't it strange that you can't find a word to say when you're praying? But you have no trouble thinking about what to talk about when you're talking to a friend. Isn't it strange how difficult and how boring it is to read one chapter of the Bible, but how easy it is to read a hundred pages of your popular novel? Isn't it strange how everyone wants a front row ticket to a concert or a baseball or a football game? But they do whatever it is possible to sit on the very last row of the church, if they're even there at all. 
Isn't it strange how we need to know about an event for the church at least two or three weeks before the day so we can include it in our agenda? But we can adjust it for any other events at the very last moment. Isn't it strange how difficult it is to learn a fact about God and to share it with others? But how easy it is to learn, understand, and extend and repeat a bit of gossip. Isn't it strange how we believe everything that magazines, newspapers, and the media says, but we question the Word of God? Isn't it strange how everyone wants a place in heaven, but they don't want to believe, they don't want to do, and they don't want to say anything to get there? Isn't it strange? Can you say amen? amen. Or oh me? Come here, Pastor. I'm sorry, my oxygen is like. <laughs> okay. Everybody, just right now, just just pray for Sister Catherine right now, okay? Everything will be all right until she gets home. Father, we thank you, Lord. We claim victory. Satan, you're a liar. you You have no power over this child of God. And we thank you, Father, that she's going to do fine until she gets home and gets her oxygen. And we claim this victory in the name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Dad. Put the first one up there. I want us to stand, and I want you to turn your Bibles to, to, to Psalms. I have two. I have two scriptures. It's Psalms eighty-nine, verses thirty-three and thirty-four, and it's John sixteen thirty-three. Psalms eighty-nine, verses thirty-three and thirty-four, and then John sixteen thirty-three. He says, nevertheless, my loving kindness, I will not utterly take from him or from you. Is the word of God written for you too? I ask you, is the word of God written for you also? So you can put your name right there. Nevertheless, God says, my loving kindness, my loving kindness, I will not utterly take away from you. I won't do it. Nor allow my faithfulness to fail you. That's an imperative sentence there. My covenant with you, 
Everybody listening? My covenant with you, I will not break. Nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. My word will not return to me void. It will accomplish that which I have sent it. It will prosper into the way of the places I ask it to prosper. God's word is established forever. If he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, guess what? He will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. You can stand on that. You can grab a hold of it. You can put it in your pocket and you can carry it everywhere that you go. God says, I will never, ever fail you. John chapter 16, verse 33 He says these words, these things I have spoken to you that you might have peace. Yes, you are going to have problems. You are going to go through storms. You are going to have barriers. You're going to have mountains. There's going to be obstacles in your way. He says, but I want you to be of good cheer because I have overcome them all. Either he has or he hasn't. My Bible says he has. Amen? You may be seated. I have overcome the world. Little Susie finished. Her praying, praying, she says, Dear God, before I finish, I want you to take care of my mommy and take care of my daddy and take care of my sister and take care of my brother. And please, God, please take care of yourself because if you don't, we're all sunk. Have you ever felt like you were sunk? I have. That song, The Anchor Holds, that, and when, when I'm usually singing, I come to the part, I, I talk, you know, he, he, the anchor held through my stroke and through my cancer and through my heart attack. The anchor held through the losing of my wife. The anchor holds because God says, I'll never fail you. I'll always be there. Sometimes we feel like the storm clouds have gathered around us and, and the, the feeling of our heart, and our, it leaves us with sorrow, leaving us with a, like a hopeless situation. Has anybody ever felt like that but me? We all have some, some part. And if you're a child of God this evening, I want you to realize this. Regardless of your situation, just like it says in, in, the six, in John 16, 33, he said, regardless, you're going to have these problems. You're going to have these obstacles. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have obstacles in your life. It's not, it's not if, it's when. He said, but even with every obstacle that, that you face, 
He said, I want you to understand, I walk right next to you. And sometimes I even pick you up and carry you through the obstacle. I'll never fail you. We look over in Mark, and we find out when the storms come in our lives that God says, I will always be there for you. Turn to the Mark 4, chapter 4, and we'll look at verse starting with verse 35. And this is a very familiar story that you all are accustomed to hearing and listening to, but I want you to hear it tonight. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him alone in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. A storm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, Do you not care that we are perishing? I know sometimes we say, can't you see that I'm in a fix right now? I really need your help. I said, I'm here. What's your problem? I'm here. We panic. We're running to, it's a trouble coming, running, oh God, I'm in this trouble. I don't know how to get out of this trouble. God said, I'm here. All you have to do is call on me. I'm here. Do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. And I, I sung that song the other night. Peace, peace speaker. I know the peace speaker. His name is Jesus. I can call on him. And he can say to my storm. Jessica, he can say to your storm, storm, peace. Pastor, he can say to your storm, Pastor, peace. He can say to your storm, Joe, peace. All he has to do is call on him. And he'll say, what's the matter with you? All you have to do is call on me. And he'll say to your storm, Chris, peace. But we have to realize, regardless of our situation, he's there. Peace be still, he said. Then the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The winds are going to cease in your life, and it's going to be a great calm. You can count on it. Why? Because he said so. I have preached to you the past three services. God's word is God's word. Whether you believe it or not, it's going to happen. When I was a teacher, I taught my kids cause and effect. When you do something, there's an effect. When you when you produce when you when you for instance, if, if you do something good, there's a good effect. If you do something bad, there's a bad effect. That's in the Word of God. You're going to sow what you reap. It's God's law. 
You can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. If you sow discord, that's exactly what you're going to do. Not, if, 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 I sow, if, I, if I sow into the ground an apple seed, I'm not going to get a pear tree. If you sow discord in your life, you're not going to get peace. But if you sow peace, you're going to get peace. Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why? Why are you so fearful? I'm going to ask you now, why are you so fearful? Is, is God truth? Do you, I ask you this morning, do you believe that God can? This I was this morning. Remember the three cans? God can, Jesus can, and will, and you can. Do you believe that God can? Either he can or he can't in your life. Hello? I said either he can or he can't. The choice is yours. Whether to trust God's word or not trust God's word. It's all yours. He said, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? They had the Son of God in the, in the, in the, the stern of the boat asleep. Was he worried? Not if he was asleep, he wasn't. And if he wasn't worried, why are you worried? You think God is concerned or worried about a situation in your life that you think that you can't take care of? God said, guess what? I can because I, there's nothing impossible that I can't do. Nothing. Either God can or he can't in your life. He said, you what? Why are you fearing? Why do you fear? Where's your faith? We walk by how? We walk by how? And let's walk by faith. Again, and I I know I've said this way, it's not rocket science, y'all. Either you're going to trust him or you're not going to trust him. Well, I really try. Try? Trust him. Get in the wheelbarrow. Hello? I said get in the wheelbarrow. You can say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. But until you get in the wheelbarrow and trust God, all it is is words. Hello? Say amen. Amen. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Did you hear that? Peace. Be still. In your life. That's what he has. Peace be still. You have a problem? Call on him. Just say, peace be still. Guess what? You'll have calm. <laughs> I like the scripture that Job brings out. Job 14 and one, it talks about a man who is born of a woman is of a few days and, and full of trouble. But it goes it goes back to 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 Friday night sermon. Who causes a lot of our problems? Raise your hand. How do we cause our problem? Everybody point to your mouth. 
We do. And that's what it says. Man, is, man who is born of a woman is of a few days, and his days are full of trouble. You're going to have problems. But you've got God. In Matthew 5, verses 45, it says, That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. That's what he does. But yet it goes back to 16, John 16, verses 33. He says, These things I have spoken to you or I have told you that you may have peace in your life. In this world, you will have, say will have. Say, I'm going to have problems. I'm going to have, say it, I'm going to have storms. I'm going to have mountains. But guess what? Say that, but guess what? I have God. What, what, what is a mountain to God? He told Zerubbabel when Zerubbabel was building, rebuilding the temple, you think you have problems? He had nations after him. The only thing that he got he, that he was able to do in his in the first year that he was he was instructed God instructed him to to rebuild the temple he just got the foundation built that's all he got built because I mean there 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 were there were nations against him and talking against him and writing letters against him and and I'm just I mean constantly bombarding him with problems and he became discouraged. And if you look over in Zechariah 4 and 7, that even God says, I recognize your great mountain. God recognizes your mountain that's in front of you. He says, but that great mountain, and God called it a great mountain. He says, but that great mountain, if you want to turn over to Zechariah 4, look at Zechariah 4, 7. I have that somewhere. I don't know why God had me bring that out, but I'm glad you thank you, baby. You're just awesome. He says, Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, that shall become you, great mountain? He says, He's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking about your mountain. Listen to He says, you, oh great mountain, that's in front of you. You are going to come a plain. You are going to disintegrate into nothing. There's nothing, there is no obstacle that is in front of you, no mountain, no problems, no barrier, no trials, no anything that God can't handle. He says, don't fear. Either you walk in faith or you don't. I have already told you that. It's either God or Satan. It's either good or evil. It's black and white. There is no gray area. 
Either you believe and trust or you don't. There was a funny story that came out of Harvey, Hurricane Harvey. And the story she went like goes like this that people were huddled together. And a pastor was praying with great eloquent effects in the midst of this violent storm. And he was crying and they said he said these words. He says, Send us the spirit of the children of Israel. Send us the children of Moses. Send us the children of the promised land. And at this, an old man with less eloquence, but more directness prayed, Lord, don't send anybody. Come yourselves. This ain't no time for children. <laughs> Sometimes we call on children to do God's work. And we're the children. We think that we can handle ourselves. And, and let me tell you, it's, it's such an easier task and let God handle all your problems. I don't care what they are. In Isaiah 43, I love this. I, I, I use this passage of Scripture on many things, just like I use Isaiah 55, 10, and 11. This is I use numbers, and there's a lot of scriptures that I use over and over because they have such a meaning. Now, Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 3, it says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel, fear not. The word fear not is mentioned 65 times in the King James Version. Fear not is mentioned 65 times in the King James Version of the Bible, whether it's New King James or, old, or the King James Version. That's a fear not for every minute of every hour. My Bible tells me God has not given you the spirit of fear. You hear what I said? God has not given you the spirit of fear. Dad, I didn't put this one down. And if God has not given you the spirit of fear, who gave it to you? Tell me. Satan did. I already told you, there's either God or Satan. There's no anything else, even though people have generated all kind of different things. It's either God or the devil. So if God didn't give it to you, Satan did. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. And you are mine. (laughs) Hello? What more do you want? If he has redeemed you, 
He has called you by name, and he says, and he's telling you, Missy, you are mine. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you because you are mine. And he said, goes on to say, if you walk, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for you, uh, for you, for your ransom, Ethiopia and Tabor in your place. God said, I have redeemed you. You belong to me. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. I will never fail you. He won't. I, I, I looked at a picture. Now I, I was going to make it so you could show it on 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 the screen, but I, I didn't know how to, basically how to do that. Just except probably just bring it bring the JPG, and you could probably have done it. The sea was beating against the rocks. I mean, the huge waves were just splashing up over these rocks. And the lightning in the background was, was flashing, and, and you, can, you can kind of mention, you can kind of vision, vision the thunder after the lightning flash, and the thunder was roaring. And, and the wind, because as the waves come, you could see how the wind was blowing the waves. But there was this little bitty bird. And he was nestled up in the, in the crack of the rock, and he was sound asleep. Even all that, all that was going on around him. He was kind of had his head underneath his, his wing, and he was just sound asleep. That's peace. To be able... To relax during any storm, that's peace. But God says, I have given you this peace. The peace that passes all understanding. You, have our, you already have, when you became mine, you already have this peace. Rest in it. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be concerned. Don't be dismayed. Don't be wrapped up in, in your... I tell people a lot of times because they're, they're so anxious and, and so wrapped up in, in their problem is because that's all they see is their problem. You can't see the forest because of that tree that's standing right in front. There, that's, that's good. I like that. <laughs> you can't see the forest because of that stupid tree that you have right in front of your eyes. That's all you see is your problem. But God says, let me remove the problem and you can see the forest. That's pretty. That's basically what it was. If it was a bit closer and there's a, you can see, I don't know if there's a bird in there. It might be a bird in the crack of that rock. But he was asleep. Just look, in, in Christ, 
We are to relax and be at peace in the midst of every part of confusion that goes on in our life. In Christ Jesus, we are to relax and be at peace in the midst of everything that bewilders us. We need to relax and be at peace in our lives in the midst of any perplexities that takes over our life. God said, I want you to understand, I've already given you the peace. Just receive it and accept it. And don't worry, don't fear, don't even be concerned. I will give you the peace. Call on me and I'll say, peace be still. I'll never fail you. And storm rages. But if we put our trust. Thank you, CJ. If we put our trust in God, we will be at peace. We will have found that peace at last. In adversity, we usually want God, listen to what I'm saying. In adversity, we usually want God to do a removing job in our life. This is yes, this is no, this is I don't care. But that's what we use, yes, we, we, we want God. All right, I want you to do a removing job. Get, get rid of this mountain, get rid of this barrier, get rid of this obstacle. When he really wants to do in our life, an improving job. We want him to do a removing job. He wants to do in our lives a removing re- job, a building job. And to realize the worth of the anchor that we just sung, that sometimes we need to feel. I said sometimes we really need to feel the storm. Hello? We need to feel the storm. Look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 and 9. He said, And least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. How many here ever have a thorn in the flesh? A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I, listen to what he said, lest I be exalted above measure. That's why the thorn was there for Paul. A lot of times God keeps the thorn in our lives to keep us humble. Hello? Listen to me. Everybody look at me. A lot of times God keeps that thorn in our lives to keep us humble. Accept it. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made weakness, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my problems, in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yes, I might be going through something, but guess what? In my weakness, that's when God is made the strongest. Hallelujah. Because I have to count on it. I found a poem. 
Tis not until each loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the pattern and explain the reason why. You see, the dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver for the pattern for which he has planned. Good point, minister. Sometimes those black threads are definitely needed in our lives to make our life. I know that the things that God, there are things in my life that I wish I could change, but, but the things that in my life, Pastor, has made me who I am today. And if I eliminated any of them, let's do it. If I eliminated anything in my past, I probably wouldn't be who I am today. Neither would you. There's just roads that you had, it's roads that you had to trod. There was lessons that you had to learn. And every time that God presented a lesson in front of me, I tell him, Lord, I just need to go around that mountain one time. I don't need to go around it 40 times. One time is enough. But even through your times of trial, God says, I'll never fail you. Even the time that that God allows you to go through something, God says, I'm still there for you to help you go through this. That black thread that you need to to weave in that that pattern is there for a purpose, to, to make something of your life. Listen, you will, you will have no test of faith in your life that will not prepare you to be a blessing if you remain obedient in God. There's not anything that you can go through. I tell people, my stroke that left me debilitated for many, many months and years I can now witness the people that have that gone through a stroke. My cancer, I can witness the people that have gone through cancer. My heart attack, I can witness the people that have gone through heart attack. The loss of my spouse, I can witness the people that have lost the spouse. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The things that you're going through, God is not mad at you. He's just trying to build your witness. Learn from it. Because he said, even though you're going through this, I'm going to be there by you because I'm never going to fail you. He said, I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll be there for you. I want to get this right. A.B. Simpson wrote this. And I'll close with this. He said, I will never have a trial. But that when I got out of the deep river, I found some poor pilgrim on the bank that I was able to help by the very experience in which I went through. Hello? So you're going through something. God says, I'm still there. I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Hold on to God. Hold on to his word. Say, Father, here I am. 
use me. Because I know you're there for me. Can you say amen? amen. Shall we stand? Y'all already know how I feel about bowing your head and closing your eyes and and how well this is Sunday night and you know I should I could be home and yet I'm I'm in church that you know that that makes me a good Christian. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It just makes you come you come to church tonight. That's all it makes you. And I give this call. I, I give this call every concert. I give this call every time I preach. If you are within the sound of my voice and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're not 100% that if God would say, okay, it's your time to go, are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? I didn't say 99. I said 100. If you turn to Matthew 7, and I, you don't have to do that. I'm just if you if you if you turn over and you read that, you find that not everybody that says Lord Lord is going to get into heaven. Not everybody that goes to church is going to enter heaven. Not everybody that occupies a pew is going to enter heaven. I'm, I'm sorry, that that you know that's 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 a realism. Because not everybody that comes to church is saved. I know that for a fact. Because for 41 years I went to church every time the church door was open and I wasn't saved. But I know that that can be done. And you already know that for three years in, in Germany, I, I pastored a church unsaved. That can be done too. My pastor was telling me of a pastor friend that he had, that, that, that he, had, he was pastoring a church, and he told him that, you know, guess what? Today I got, or this week I got saved. Just because you go to church does not make you saved, people. And if grandmama or mama dragged you to the, to the altar so that you can get saved, you're still not saved. Because my Bible says unless the Holy Spirit draws you. And I, I never knew a mama or a daddy or a grandma that was the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight. And you haven't made a relationship with Christ. Anybody can walk the aisle. Anybody can come up here and shake the pastor's hand. Anybody can do the ritual. But unless there has been a change since you have said, I do to Christ, if there has not been a change, there has not been a salvation. That's what the Bible says. When you receive Christ... Your whole life changes. Ask me. I'll tell you. Anybody? See, why do people bow their head and close their eyes? I might come up. If, yeah, if you won't come up with them looking, you won't come up, you know, you won't come up with them bow their heads. You need to make a choice. You get pretty stern on this altar. I don't want you to go to hell. 
Hello? I said, I don't want you to go to hell. And if you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord and Master of your life, that's exactly where you're going. You're going to hell. Praise God. Brother Raiders, I know a lot of times in my life I question God because of the thing that I'm going through. I want to accept what God allows me to go through and knowing that God is building my character and building who I am in Christ Jesus. Is that you tonight? Can I see your hand? You want God to build your character and build your stance for God. Look at it all over the place. That's you. But you have to make a decision. And this decision is this. That whatever you're going through, know this. That God says, I am there for you to help you through every situation of your life. I will never fail you. Can you trust that? I said, can you trust that? Can you say amen to that? I do want you to bow your head. and I want you to follow me, in, follow me in this prayer, okay? Say, Father, I thank you that you have allowed me to be in this service. Father, I know I'm guilty of questioning of what you allow me to go through. But, Father, I know I can call on you. And in every situation, I can find peace through you. Because you will come and you will speak over my situation. And you will say, peace be still. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. My pastor.